Hey there, I'm Tyler, the author and host of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale. The original recording of this episode wasn't quite adequate enough, so I've re-recorded it and labeled it with the term Redux. It's a true workhorse of an episode now, and believe me, it's much better than it was. Enjoy. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 2 Scarecrow Part 1 Dorothy had been walking for hours. She turned around every once in a while, only to see her house getting smaller and smaller in the distance, before eventually disappearing altogether. The gray fields offered very little scenery, a few trees here and there, and maybe some rocks from time to time. To her left, off in the distance, she saw a large plume of black smoke. To her right, she could hear distant voices. It sounded like a celebration of sorts. She tried to ignore all these signs of life, as she felt it would be unwise to stray from the ring's direction. The colors muted, and she found herself in a thick fog that only grew thicker with each passing step. She was still sore from the fall. Her feet hurt from the long walk, and her legs were getting wobbly. Keeping an eye open for a place to rest for the night, she came across a large rock with a smooth, almost comfortable-looking indentation in it. Upon closer inspection, she decided the rock would make for the perfect spot to take a short nap. She climbed up and fidgeted until she managed to get as comfortable as she could, as comfortable as anyone could in a large rock. She closed her eyes and fell fast asleep. When she awoke, it was still light out. Or was it light again? Had she slept through a night and into a day? Or was there simply no such thing as night and day in this strange place? due to its lack of time. She looked around, and much to her surprise, she found a large line of trees in front of her. Most of them were tall, slender pine trees, almost completely stripped of needles. The tree line was not there when she fell asleep. She was sure of it. Perhaps this was just what Lothor meant when he said she would not see the forest until she reached it but would know it when she did. With her backpack slung over her shoulder, and without so much as a second thought, she entered the living forest. Dorothy had been wandering through the woods for a while, the yellow light dimming here and there, but still guiding her. She came to a small clearing in which a cottage sat in the center. Perhaps whoever lived here could give her directions, she thought. 
or at the very least let her know how far the forest went on. It was not the traveling that bothered her so much. It was the not knowing where the end of the journey was. She walked up to the house with all the excitement of a child's first day of school. She did not get too close to it before the door swung open with a loud bang, stopping her dead in her tracks. She quickly composed herself and ran to a nearby stump. She ducked behind it and peeked out just enough to see a rather large, menacing ogre standing in the doorway. It was green, its head almost its entire body. It had no hair and was covered in warts and moles. Its arms were thick, and in one hand it held a giant blade, while the other hand reached around and scratched its ass. Completely unclothed, it was clear to Dorothy that this was both man and woman in the most defining ways imaginable. Dorothy reached for her backpack, keeping her eyes on the ogre the entire time. Her hands searched frantically for it, but could not feel it anywhere. She briefly broke her line of sight with the ogre and looked around. As luck would have it, her backpack was about five feet away from her, in the clearing. Shit! she said in a whisper, loud enough to gain the attention of the ogre. It sniffed the air and twitched, looking her direction. She quickly ducked down and tried to hold her breath. The ogre made its way to the stump, its large bare feet thumping slowly on the ground, causing the earth to shake ever so slightly. She remained as still as humanly possible as it sniffed around her heart pounding in her chest. She let out a quiet sigh of relief when the sniffing stopped. The loud, thumping footsteps started once more, this time getting further away. Dorothy slowly peeked around the stump once more, just in time to see the ogre picking up the backpack and carrying it into the cottage. Her heart sank. This was not good. The ogre emerged from the cottage once more, Sand's backpack. Dorothy watched intently as it slowly walked away. She knew exactly what this meant, and she did not like it one bit. She was going to have to go in and find it. Upon approaching the front door to the cottage, Dorothy found it locked. She ran over to a window and looked in, but the glass was murky and dust-covered, making it virtually impossible to see anything on the other side. She could, however, see that nothing was moving on the inside. She tried to open it, but much like the door, it was not going anywhere. The overwhelming thought of knowing she was now ultimately alone in this land called Oz and increasingly helpless, bore down on her, almost to the point that it physically crushed her. She now had two choices. Break the door down, or bust the window. She went back to the door and rammed it with her shoulder. Not only did it hurt like a bitch, 
but the door didn't even budge. She tried again, but once more to no avail. Again and again, each time with more force as the panic set in. She rammed the door almost uncontrollably now, the pain it caused almost feeling good. Finally giving way, Dorothy fell to the dirt-covered floor inside the house. She got up and dusted herself off. The cottage was dark. The floorboards creaked with even the slightest movement, and the dusty windows caused it to be darker inside than outside. In the center of the cottage was a workbench with the backpack sitting on it. Severed arms and legs dangled from the ceiling, gently swaying as the breeze flowed in through the now open door. Dorothy tried not to examine anything, or stay in the house any longer than necessary, but she could not help but notice something on the far wall. A man. A crucified man. Oh, fuck this, she said to herself, feeling nauseous. She walked across the room for an ill-advised closer look, grabbing her bag along the way. She was careful not to touch anything else in the house. As she approached the wall, she felt her heart beginning to race even faster. What the... She could not even finish her sentence. Upon closer examination, she saw that it was not a man after all, but instead... A scarecrow. She let out a small sigh of relief and laughed at herself. <laughs> of course it's a scarecrow. For some reason, this suddenly made sense in her head. She was not sure if it made more sense for it to be a scarecrow than a man, or if the thought of a scarecrow just made sense in comparison to the alternative. Dorothy feeling compelled to confirm it was indeed a scarecrow and not a man, placed a single hand on its legs. Suddenly, it sprang to life, lifting its head and loudly mumbling as though it was trying to say something. Jesus Christ! screamed Dorothy, and she stumbled backward and fell once again to the floor. She watched in a moment of shock and terror as the body continued to violently thrash against the wall, trying to scream at her the entire time. Eventually, as Dorothy got back to her feet, the scarecrow stopped thrashing. Keeping its head lifted, it looked at her with painted eyes. It continued to mumble, only now in a much more subdued, almost whiny and sad tone. <laughs> this was truly the most bizarre thing Dorothy had ever seen in her life, and that was saying something, considering everything she had been through in the last couple of days. She looked up and noticed its mouth had been sewn completely shut. She grabbed a seam ripper from the workbench that formerly held her backpack, and pulled a chair over to the wall. Standing on it, she found herself face to face with a living man made entirely of straw and burlap. She cut his mouth open with a quick, clean slice across the face. 
The scarecrow coughed out a small tuft of straw as three bats flew out, knocking Dorothy back off the chair and once again to the ground. Help! <sighs> he screamed and gasped. <laughs> Get me down from here. Before... The ogre comes back. Holy shit. You can talk, said Dorothy in disbelief. She climbed back onto the chair and pulled the scarecrow down. She started by ripping his feet from the nail that held them in place. Don't forget my hands, he screamed in a low, quiet, whispering voice. Don't worry, said Dorothy, slightly annoyed by the bossiness of this strange character. She wasn't stupid. She knew she would have to get his hands as well. She ripped the left one from its nail and proceeded to rip the right one from its place as well. The scarecrow fell to the floor, and Dorothy watched in curiosity and amazement as he climbed to his feet and ran from the cottage. Hey! she yelled. Come back! She jumped down from the chair and followed him out. They hid behind the large, familiar stump that once hid Dorothy. What the hell is going on here? she asked. The scarecrow pulled a small spool of thread and a needle from his shirt pocket and began sewing the holes shut on his feet and hands. That, that, that thing, that ogre, has been holding me captive in that cottage for years, said the scarecrow, without so much as looking at his savior. Dorothy watched him curiously as he patched himself up. She did not know what to say, and a momentary awkward silence fell between the two of them. The scarecrow looked up at her. If you don't mind my asking, how is it you ended up here, at this cabin, in these woods? Dorothy just looked at him. She did not know how to explain her strange story so she simply decided not to. At least, not at this moment, anyway. I am passing through on my way to the green city of Emerald. I'm far away from home, and I've been told the wizard might be able to help me get back to where I came from. The scarecrow extended his hand, which appeared to be nothing more than a stuffed leather glove in salutation and Dorothy shook it. I see. Well, I suppose you can call me Scarecrow, since that's what I am. Dorothy, replied Dorothy, as she took her hand back and placed it on her backpack, checking for the book. Well, Dorothy, that fancy bag of yours must be very important said the scarecrow, as he pointed to her now frantically searching hand. For you to bust into that house of horrors like you did. It is, she replied. I was given a book to deliver to the wizard. Not to mention it has all my food and supplies in it. She opened the backpack wider, only to see the book was missing. It's gone. It's... Where the fuck did it go? Where... What happened to the... 
Panic filled her voice as she dumped it out and rifled through its contents. I have to go back, she exclaimed as she jumped to her feet and started running back to the cottage. The scarecrow grabbed her arm and swung her back around to him. You can't go back. Are you crazy? Look, the ogre is never gone for long. It's probably on its way back right now. He kept his voice to a loud whisper, just in case the ogre was nearby. Dorothy pulled her arm away. You don't know what that book means to me. Without it, I might never get back home. She let out a deep breath, relaxing as best she could. You don't have to go back in there. But I am not leaving without it. She turned once again and ran to the cottage. The scarecrow reluctantly followed. He owed her his life, after all, even if it was going to be a short-lived one once the ogre returned home. I'll stand here and keep an eye out he said, making it a point not to re-enter the small house. Dorothy searched the cottage frantically. The lack of light was frustrating, and only made it that much more difficult to find the all-important book. After ten minutes, she fell to the floor out of exhaustion, and that's when she saw it. The book. It was being used to prop up a short leg of a workbench. The same bench, in fact, that only a short time ago held her backpack. She grabbed it, causing the bench to lean toward her, in turn causing its contents to come crashing to the floor. He's back! yelled the scarecrow, as the ogre approached the door and pushed him back into the house. You were supposed to tell me before he got to the door, said Dorothy. Sorry, said the scarecrow. I've never really been that smart. The ogre stood in the doorway, everyone looking at everyone, unsure of where this encounter was going. It raised its blade and plunged it into the scarecrow's stomach. With one heavy thrust, it went in one side and out the other. The scarecrow let out a heavy gasp, he coughed up a small bit of straw as he looked the ogre in its eyes for a few seconds, before they faded away. He lowered his head in defeat as Dorothy watched in horror. The ogre lowered its blade, dropping Scarecrow to the floor in a lifeless pile of burlap and straw. Looking at her, he snorted, and in a deep, gurgling voice, the brute spoke. You can go. Dorothy, being sure not to break eye contact at all, slowly slinked by, stepping over the body of the strong man as she made her way to the door. The ogre lifted his blade to Dorothy's neck, preventing her from going any further.
Leave the book, it said. She knew this was a no-win situation. She would have to return another time when this beast was not around and try to steal it again. She slowly lowered the backpack, setting it on the floor, continuing to keep eye contact. I'm just... Getting the book out, she said slowly as she unzipped the backpack. The ring on her finger, reflecting the light coming in from the door, caught the ogre's attention. Upon seeing it, he lowered the blade and knelt down, averting his eyes in humble shame. Lothor did mention that most would probably cower before the ring. Dorothy thought he was full of shit, but as it turns out, he was right. She zipped the backpack up once more and grabbed the scarecrow's surprisingly light, lifeless body on her way out. Once she was out and a safe distance away, or at least what she felt was a safe distance away, she stopped. As she looked at the body of the scarecrow lying on the ground, she began to sob uncontrollably. Are we safe? asked the scarecrow in a tired, groggy voice. Dorothy stopped sobbing and looked at him. She watched as he reached into his shirt pocket once more for his spool of thread and needle. You're alive? But I saw you. I mean, I watched you. You're... Alive? The strange sight utterly dumbfounded her. Scarecrow, sewing the hole in his stomach shut, explained the blessing and the curse of his kind. Of course I'm alive. Obviously. I'm a scarecrow. I can't die. Well, I, I can, but it's really hard to kill me. Fire is pretty much the only thing that'll do it. Or, you know, somehow being shredded. I still feel pain, but I always seem to live through it. Just not always consciously. I tend to black out if it's too unbearable or the damage is too much to handle. Dorothy rubbed her face and her eyes. This place, this, this place is insane. Immortal scarecrows? Nearly immortal. Witches? Ogres? Munchkins? Wizards? And God only knows what else. The scarecrow handed her the needle and thread. Could you be a deer and sew up my back for me? He asked nonchalantly. Dorothy obliged and took the needle as he turned his back to her. Yeah, Oz is a pretty strange land, all right. Or at least that's what I've been told. I've never really been anywhere other than these woods. Everything I know is only what I've been told by the seamstress. And who knows what she actually knew. The seamstress? asked Dorothy. Yeah, 
the woman that made me. Dorothy had not given it any real thought as to how this man came to be. After a moment of contemplation, however, she supposed it only made sense that someone had to make this strange, straw-filled person. Surely scarecrows weren't running around fucking each other and having little scarecrow babies out in the woods. But then again, she did not really know what to expect from this place everyone was calling Oz. Chapter 7 